Contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, we're going to talk about leptin and leptin resistance. Basically, we're talking about adipose tissue, a.k.a. fat. What'd you call me? What? The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. Had my first pumpkin spice latte oh, I know. of the year. I know. We went to the coffee shop. I'm like, dude, it's only September. We're going pumpkin spice already? There's pumpkins in the uh, grocery stores. Ugh. Hello. Hi, Michael Chapman. How are you today? Doing great, Patty Devers. How are you doing? I am crushing it and living my best life as per oh, usual. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Yeah. What does it feel like to crush it? What do you mean? Does it like physically feel yeah, like what's or what does it feel it look like in your body i just have this sense of accomplishment all the time wow. gratitude just gratitude for everything wow yeah okay <laughs> anyway this is a podcast it's called the lab report thanks for joining us it's where we talk about things like specialty lab testing integrative therapeutics functional precision integrative medicine and it's brought to you by genova diagnostics thank you genova thank you and if you're new to this quirky little show, welcome. And if you're returning, thank you so much for all of your support. Maybe perhaps go to iTunes, Spotify, follow the show, leave us a review, some stars, mm-hmm. share with your friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are things you can do. There's other things you can do too, okay. such as uh-huh. you could email this program. Mm-hmm. You can totally do that. It's podcast at gdx.net. You know, if you want to record maybe the disclaimer at the beginning, send us a, a little little MP four or three or whichever one applies and uh we will we'll throw it on here you'll get to hear your voice on this show yep speaking of email can i just talk about what happened the other day sure so michael and i pretty busy grinding grinding with our genova work grinding on friday we were like slammed so i'm in my office with the door closed michael's in his office we're just trying to jam out the work to catch up we normally record a podcast on friday and we didn't because of how slammed we were that's right that's right so i'm you know, focused on my work, Michael comes and knocks on the door and says, did you read the email? Yeah. And I go, what email? And it was a podcast email. And the two of us, in the midst of being so stressed, just sat with the biggest smiles on our face. It was so nice. It was like we needed it in that exact moment, you know? Yeah, for sure. So Alexandra- I printed it out to take it home she to did, like show he to did, my family. He did. So Alexandra, talk about a message that we needed at that moment. I don't even know what to say. We didn't know whether to laugh or cry because it was actually pretty funny. But really inspiring. And so thank you to Alexandra in the UK because you really made our day. Yeah. Maybe I'll show it to Travis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anyone needs a smile, it's that guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't even so know true. if he would respond to it. But yeah. Um, anyway, so what are we talking about, Patty? What's going on? Well, I'm kind of excited for this one because it's a topic we have not yet hit yeah. after 250 episodes. We're kind of talking about how important fat cells are and and how metabolically active they are with all of the things sure. that they make so sure. this it's is a little important. bit of a buzz buzz term as well this leptin resistance yep. you hear about it quite a bit yep uh well buzzy so <laughs> that's another reason why maybe we'll get it <laughs> we'll get a couple extra downloads out of it. <laughs> well i think the important first first point is that we think about adipose tissue or fat 
fat cells for those of you who don't know that. I think about it all the time. <laughs> Everyone does. Well, traditionally, we thought adipose tissue where your fat was just a place to store energy. But mm-hmm. what we're now finding out is that it's fat tissue and adipose tissue is really an active endocrine organ and it, it regulates fat mass and nutrient homeostasis. So it's pretty metabolically active, which is great. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's hard to sort of flip that thinking because, I mean, that, that's exactly it. It's like, well, I'm just you know packing away for the winter. Right. And that's right. just basically how we think about fat. We don't think about it as having all these systemic global effects. Mm-hmm. And it really does have, because of that, just a tremendous impact on your overall you know chronic health complaints or lack thereof. Correct. Correct. And I think another good place to start, you know, if we're going to bring it all the way back is to talk about the different types of fats. So there's white, there's brown and beige. So you want to talk about these? When did they bring beige on board? Beige is kind of a a nuanced, weird one. But what do you, what do you want to say about white fat, Michael? Well, first I want to say that I made some bacon this weekend Uh and, uh, you know, with bacon, they're like the ends tend to be white clearish. And so my four year old turns to me and said, Dad, that white part is really good. <laughs> but aside from from that, uh, you know, with white fat, I tend to think of if we're gonna go good bad here, mm-hmm. I think of white as being the bad. Yeah. Right. So yeah. white is tends to be the subcutaneous and visceral adiposity, um, and does more in the sense of creating. Uh, it, inflammatory signals and also is more of the storage type of fat Mm -hmm. um, as compared to brown, which kind of has an entirely different role. Uh, Brown fat, I tend to think of, you know, like this is what you hear, like babies have a lot of that brown Mm -hmm. fat Mm -hmm. because uh, it does a lot as far as energy regulation and heat generation. And I think if I'm not mistaken, it's brown because of of its high amount of mitochondria, is it not? Correct. And iron, and it gives it the the brown look, yes. Right. So it's like, it's doing a lot of work. It's doing Mm -hmm. a lot of heavy lifting. It's burning a ton of energy to create heat Mm -hmm. uh, because it takes a lot of energy to create heat. So, um, and this is why it's used a lot like in fever if you get, if you're shivering or if you're cold, Mm -hmm. right? So all of that activity from, it comes from somewhere. It has to, energy provides that, that ability to do so. And so uh, brown fat really helps to kind of make you overall more metabolically healthy because it just burns through energy as Mm -hmm. compared to white, which is more just kind of sitting around storing. Correct. Correct. And then when they think about beige, it's really just kind of a combination of the two. And it's really those fat cells that can convert white fat or white adipose tissue to brown adipose tissue or bat. Yeah. I think that's a an important thing to understand too is that uh, it can go through this conversion process mm-hmm. where white turns into brown or vice versa, and that's all done based on necessity. So the more you exercise, the body's going to say, "Okay, well, we need more mitochondria," um, and so it starts converting white adipose tissue to brown adipose tissue, or vice versa. So um, you know these things are malleable. Now it's malleable to a certain extent because brown fat does decrease uh, as you age. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we said, you know, babies have a high percentage of brown fat and that tends to decrease more and more. But like anything, like any sort of part of the aging process, you can do as much as you can to uh, limit how much uh, brown fat you're losing or converting into white adipose tissue. Okay. So now we know there are different types of adipose tissue or fat tissue. I think the important piece of this podcast is that we want to talk about the fact that these adipose tissues can release some really important bioactive mediators, also known as adipokines or adipocytokines. This is great. I, we were just having this conversation to show you how nerdy we are. We were talking about adipokines and then myokines, and actually uh, the person I was talking with was like, what? 
myokines. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like muscle makes stuff and sends it systemically. It's totally, amazing. Totally. Same with fat tissue. Same with fat tissue. So that these adipokines, they, they release into your system from the fat cells. They modulate things like your blood pressure, lipid and glucose metabolism, and inflammation. And some of, the, some of these adipokines are things like adiponectin mm-hmm. or leptin or resistin or TNF-alpha, interleukin-6, serum amyloid A. So there's a lot of things that can be made from the cells within adipose tissues that are important physiologically and very bioactive. And a natural assumption here, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is that the adipokines or the the mediators that are being released are dependent to a certain extent on what type of fat tissue we're talking about, meaning white adipose tissue probably releases different types of adipokines than brown adipose tissue. Well, you know, actually that intuitively makes sense to me because they're so different that they would have different adipokines but to be honest i'd have to google that uh you want me to google it that's i, a great I feel idea. like you've been doing a lot of the googling thank you i'll google it let's see oh my gosh hunting and pecking this is why i do the this is why i google white it's wet or bat wet hold on what you have it um, no, I'm not seeing anything good here, actually. I got it. Oh, I got great, it. great. It is known that both brown adipose tissue and white adipose tissue both secrete some of the same adipokines like adiponectin and leptin. However, hmm. because you just said how met- metabolically active brown adipose tissue is, they the brown adipocytes might also, in addition to thermogenesis, secrete special adipokines called Batokines. Batokines? Batokines. Batokines. B A T. Like they go out into battle? No. Batokines. Oh, that's worse. (laughs) What is batokines? That's terrible. (laughs) Who's naming these things? Scientists. Wow. Okay, so I was kind of right, right? So for the most part, adipocytes will secrete this similar type of adipokines, but they don't all create battokines. (laughs) Batokines. Well, well, of all of these adipokines, it might be helpful for us to just hit on a couple, maybe one or two, and talk about the metabolism and why fat cells are important. And I thought perhaps we could start with something called adiponectin. Okay, great. Adiponectin or adiponectin. I'm not sure. You could probably have a, a tug of war on that mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Um, but adiponectin is really, really important. And I always get confused a little bit with adiponectin because it's one of those markers that you want high, which I feel like in lab right, medicine is so right. rare. You know what I mean? It's sure. like you want more of this stuff. It's like <laughs> it breaks all the circuits in my brain. Anyway, so adiponectin is, like you said, released by uh, adipocytes, fat cells, and again, these adipokines, are, that's just a fancy word as well for like things that the adipocytes or the fat cells make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is one of those things that it makes, and it's called adiponectin. It's stimulated and regulated by IGF-1 um, and growth hormone. So that's kind of interesting, right? So you would expect that, uh, especially in earlier years, you'd be producing a lot of adiponectin. 
That's why I was so lean when I was I like 18 know. years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A little, little bean pole. Growth hormone. There it is. Um, it's also regulated by leptin and insulin as well. So you can start to see where these things are all connected. And um, so some of its functionality uh, is it increases insulin release in the pancreas and increases insulin sensitivity hmm. in the muscles. Good stuff. Yeah, that is good. You want that for sure. It also prevents gluconeogenesis in the liver. So, mm-hmm. you know, the amount of kind of new glucose that, that your liver is making. Um, and so it also promotes fatty acid oxidation or, you know, beta oxidation, which is, you know, using your fat cells to create energy rather than glucose. Um, it promotes healthier fat storage away from visceral organs. That's good. That's good stuff. We don't stuff. want fatty no, organs. we don't. Um, and it's anti-inflammatory. And so, you know, one of these things is like all of these adipokines have some main functionality, which is to modulate blood pressure, modulate lipid or glucose metabolism, and modulate inflammation. You think those things are important? I do. I think those are three of the most important things that the body does. And I will say, it sounds like adiponectin does some really cool, good, important work in the body. And to your point, it's one of those markers that we always get confused about. So let me just recap one thing here. So it's it. we want it to be high. Yeah. Obese people have low levels. Yeah. And thinner, underweight people have high levels. So yeah. the levels are opposite of your body mass. So the question then becomes, okay, if we want this high, what are some things we can do to increase this? And the question then becomes... Drugs. Yeah. Take some drugs. Are there medications? And there are. I mean, metformin could increase your adiponectin, which is great. And it helps with all of these really important lipid and glucose metabolisms. But in addition... And it probably does so by its action on glucose, because as we just said, this is regulated by uh, by insulin. And right. So with right. metformin's action on glucose sensitivity and insulin, uh, that's going to have a sort of indirect effect on adiponectin. Right. And if you think about things like exercise or even healthy weight loss, that can also promote adiponectin levels. And that also makes sense, right? Because you're decreasing your insulin resistance, right? It's it's working at the muscle level to help with some of those signalings of glucose metabolism. So this makes sense. So we like adiponectin. We want it high. Um, I would assume fasting would probably help with this too, just because, you know, with promoting fatty acid oxidation mm-hmm. as you're fasting, um, that's also going to be stimulating makes fatty sense. acid os- oxidation. I, I assume this raises in, uh, your adiponectin levels. Makes sense. So let's get to the one of the day, huh? <laughs> the one that everyone's yeah. talking about. And you know what? I have to tell you, I don't think there's any better time for Better Know a Biomarker. You think you know? You think you know your biomarkers? You don't know. You don't know your biomarkers. This is. This is. Better know biomarkers. Oh, man. Had to brush off the cobwebs off of that guitar riff. You know what I'm saying? Man, we should pay that band. That Did that work? That was way before the pandemic, Michael. It's, it's they big. didn't even sign a contract. No, I mean, what were dumb. they thinking? That was dumb. Well, let's talk about the biomarker you just wanted to promote here. It's called leptin. And leptin, again, is secreted from your adipose tissue. And its job is to regulate your food intake or energy use. And it's often called the hunger hormone or the fat controller. Because what it does is it suppresses your appetite. 
That's a, that's a catchy name, the hunger hormone. <laughs> right? Man, leptin's right? got a good PR staff. So leptin is good. We want leptin because it's going to help to suppress our appetite. And it comes, the word leptin comes from the Greek word leptos, which means thin. Hmm. So your, your fat cells secrete leptin and it goes to your brain. It crosses the blood brain barrier and it communicates to your brain that you have enough stored energy. It inhibits long, long-term hunger, not necessarily meal to meal. It's more of like a long-term down-regulation of your hunger signals. And what stimulates it? Fasting, just like you were just saying, Michael, energy restriction, insulin, glucose, serotonin, estrogen, all of these things can stimulate leptin to be secreted and therefore suppressing your appetite. Okay, so a couple interesting things there. One of the things that I think is really fascinating is that it's not meal-to-meal impact. And Mm -hmm. I do tend to think we think that way a little bit, but this is more like long-term. So this is not like, Hey, I'm hungry for dinner. I want to eat dinner right now. Mm -hmm. It's more so how, how big is, how much food are you putting on the plate? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Long-term. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can see, you can kind of see the action of this hormone, which is like, okay, you're full. You don't need any more food. Right. And so it's trying to stimulate to your brain. Like we don't, we're good. We don't need as much energy long term, right? Like, and that's where you get things like it's being regulated by fasting and exercise and things of that nature. Because if you're fasting, if you're exercising, then your body's like, hey, wait a minute. Like we're mm-hmm. we, we're starting to burn through our stores a little bit. Like, all right now. And then leptin goes down and, and you start to get hungrier. Or you start eating more on the reg. Okay, so if you have fat stores and you're overweight, leptin is good, right? So long term. You want leptin because that'll help to suppress your appetite. And we know that the level of leptin in your bloodstream correlates with your body mass. So if you have more adipose tissue, you're going to make more leptin. When you lose weight, the leptin levels drop. Well, that's not exactly intuitive, right? No. Because you would think that if you have a lot of energy storage and you're overweight, then you would not have high leptin because leptin should be telling you that you're full and that you don't need to eat so much. So how is it that you have high leptin, but then you're also, you're overweight and you have energy excess? Okay, so let me just repeat this. So leptin levels when they're high is, we would think intuitively that's good because it's going to help to suppress your hunger and your appetite. But there then becomes a point of no return. Like with with higher amount of fat in your body is going to increase your leptin, which is good. But then there comes that point of, uh uh-oh, not so much now. And it's what they call leptin resistance. Side note, I can't hear the phrase point of no return without thinking of Back to the Future 3. And if you're out there, you know what I'm talking about. You're just as crazy as me. So congratulations. (laughs) Um, But it comes to this leptin resistance, right? And this is is really the, the the buzzword, right? Correct. And so... Is it safe to assume that like most of these things, there is some degree of sensitivity or ins- or insensitivity? Like resistance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should have gotten there. Uh, thanks for the help, Patty. <laughs> um, so, I mean, insulin resistance. I would assume cortisol resistance. I would mm-hmm. assume leptin resistance. Sure. I mean, we're talking about receptors on the on the edges of the cell mm-hmm. and they're flexible they're dynamic and so they're going to be reacting uh up regulating and down regulating so it makes sense that something as important as leptin if you have high amounts of it long term then your cells 
they kind of just start to brush it off in a way. You, you know, they're your like, brain, your yes, brain stops responding. I get yeah. it. I get yeah. it. You know what? Actually, stop answering the call. Just, <laughs> just, just block that phone number. Your brain is no longer responding. It's not paying attention. Right. And so therefore, you're just going to become hungry and hungry and hungrier and keep storing more and more fat. And your body keeps saying, no, you like listen to this. And it keeps making more and more to right. try and overcome the resistance that's developing. Right. Right. Which makes me think like. Is there a point where you can override that by giving them even higher levels of leptin, you know, to force the this brain to pay attention? This is can great. you do that or no? Uh, you probably could, but here's the question. Would you want to, right? Mm -hmm. And I've got a hot take, right? Simil similarly. Uh -huh. What do we give type two people with type 2 diabetes? Insulin? It, right. Right. So you're giving them, we know these people are insulin resistant. They have high fasting insulin. And we're giving them insulin. Mm. Right. So are you not worsening? Are you not blocking more phone numbers and worsening their insulin resistance? Right. That, yeah. So that's a hot take. But it's similar to leptin. Like what we want to do is make the system more leptin sensitive. Not just continue to overwhelm the system. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Right. OK. So then how do you do that? How are we going to fix this leptin resistance? Clearly, we're going to root cause here. But what are some strategies to fix leptin resistance? No, I don't know. No, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. It's complicated. Go. Naturopathic medicine. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. It's, it's, so, all of this stuff really comes back to that. These lifestyle choices. It's very, it's very simple. Yeah. So some things we have on the list, avoid processed food, right? Mm-hmm. Mom always told you, avoid the processed food. <laughs> Increase omega-3s can help. Yep. Um, soluble fiber, exercise, okay. getting adequate sleep, lowering your stress, um, and, you know, some things that happen there. So exercise increases sympathetic nerve activity and, and that improves insulin. Exercise does a lot to improve insulin. It, does, yeah. uh, it also does a lot to improve your overall adiposity, which is going to affect how much leptin is created, which is going to affect how much leptin is resisted. Um, and so, you know, basically you do the things you do the things you're supposed to more of the good things and less of the bad things. Right. Um, and. You know, it, we can get more complicated, but like you said, you can't give leptin. There's no foods that contain leptin. So you can't artificially kind of correct the satiety issue with regard to it, but you can do it in even like fasting, right? Is mm -hmm. going to make your cells more sensitive to leptin. You know, the, the other buzzwords and hot topics that happen in functional medicine and personalized medicine these days are, is the interplay between leptin and ghrelin, mm -hmm. right? So we just talked about leptin, comes from your fat cells, Downregulates your hunger. They call it the hunger hormone. And we talked about how this is long-term and not meal-to-meal. -meal. But the opposite of leptin is something called ghrelin. G Better know a biomarker? Mm, we've already done it. Okay. G-H-R-E-L-I-N. And this is actually a hormone that's released from your gut, your stomach. Weird. And when it's empty, which will then go to the brain and stimulate appetite, right? So they work. Makes sense. They work opposite. So if your stomach is empty, it's going to secrete ghrelin mm -hmm. go to your brain say hungry give us some food and the opposite of that is leptin which comes from your fat cells that says no 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 we're good we got enough energy so that interplay between ghrelin and leptin is also out there as, as a buzzword yeah a little bit different though because this is more meal to meal this is yep. this is more immediate so um you can have actions on both sides of the table so to speak which is you know whether you're hungry in the moment or how much you eat in the moment when you do eat. So mm -hmm. um, there's it's kind of two layered. So they're not exactly opposing hormones in my mind, but... Well, they come from different places and they do different things. So I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Is ghrelin also what makes your stomach go? No. Well, what's that? Peristalsis. Well, I should have learned that. <laughs> okay, so I just want to finish up on one final thought here. Okay. Um, so we're talking about how important and how metabolically active fat cells are. Um, there's actually being developed and studied a functional biomarker. Oh boy! To talk about whether or not your tissue is your adipose tissue is functioning well if there's adipose tissue inflammation really what it is it's a ratio of adiponectin to leptin which kind of makes sense right is it called the leptin adiponectin ratio it's called the adiponectin to leptin ratio oh gotcha <laughs> i got a little bit of an axe to grind to yeah. tell you the truth with some of these ratios um mm-hmm. and axe to grind paints a really great visual picture doesn't it, it but does. um you know, it's like one of those things. It's like we know this is good, and we know this other thing's bad. So let's ratio them. It's like, or you could just like look at the one that's good and look at the one that's bad. Like sometimes ratios can be really helpful because we're talking about different processes, but these things are so related. You know what I mean? That as adiponectin goes up, leptin's naturally going to go down. So how much more added value does doing a rate? Are we just doing fancy? Because we like doing math. We no. like numerators and denominators. No. 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 And in fact, this the research on this emerging biomarker is basically correlating with insulin resistance better than adiponectin or leptin alone and is being significantly reduced in patients with metabolic syndrome. And so they're looking at it as being more sensitive for these things than either adiponectin or leptin alone. Right. But if you have both of them in front of you and you see one is high and the other is low, you know, in your brain, you're just adding a layer of comp- you're just you can do that math in your head is all I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you have both of those numbers, then it's like HDL and LDL, right? Do you need an HDL-LDL ratio, or do you just look at the HDL and say, oh, we need more of that, and you look at LDL and say, oh, we should lower that? I think we just like math. You know, you've convinced me. We just like math. I like math. Actually, I hate math. I want to finish up, finish up this episode by talking about the hormonal symphony and how we always talk about that and how we always have that triangle that we think about with the HPA axis at the bottom of the adrenals and then in the middle of the triangle is the thyroid and the tip of the the, the triangle is the sex hormones and that they all work in concert so you can't just pick one and fix it and what we have just been talking about for this whole episode actually fits at the bottom of that pyramid yeah it's actually four tiers now because this adiponectin and leptin and the adipose tissue and this interplay of hormones insulin also totally correlates with thyroid adrenals sex hormones so i think we're gonna have to add this to the bottom of the triangle michael yeah and i think people have recognized that that's becoming more and more uh, aware like we used to think oh you know if your sex hormones testosterone and, and estrogen progesterone if those are off then look to the adrenal or look to the thyroid mm-hmm. to see what's mm-hmm. going on there because cortisol steel and all that sort of stuff but like Whoa, I just got an idea. What? Insulin steel. Here we go. Dr. Ben Bickman, you're on it. I want you <laughs> I want to hear you using insulin steel. Then I will know that we have truly been a trendsetter. <laughs> Next time on the lab report, I brainstorm whether there's financial gain in trademarking insulin steel. Oh, like why? Why? What's the point of doing that? That makes no sense. Pay off my student loans? You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 
888-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Okay, I always forget which Back to the Future 3, was that the one with the, the cowboys or was that a Yeah, different? they go back to the Old West. Oh, yeah. And what I, I missed the 1783, reference. I believe. I missed the joke. I missed the reference. Uh, well, they they have to do this. They have to get the train up to 88 miles right, an hour to I go remember. back. Uh-huh. Right. And so but the the track isn't fully built. So they have this point of no return where it goes it. over the ravine. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I remember that. I would never have come up with that, but good for you cuz you're obsessed with the, the franchise. Ronald Reagan, <laughs> the actor? <laughs> I was not expecting that.